welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers, a views of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, as if anyone couldn't guess, is straight out of the Ukraine. What you got, bro? Oh, we're not allowed to say the Ukraine because that's, you know, that's what Russians say. Oh, wow. Yeah, we could get kicked off or deplatformed for that right there. We might very well be done. But yeah, surprise, surprise. It's like it's the coronavirus and it's six months ago. It's in the news every day. It's the headline. Here's some updates that I took away. What I try to do when I pick stories for Ukraine-Russia updates is I try to choose stories that just pique my interest a little bit because I'm not going to sit here and claim that I know what's going on in the ground in Ukraine. Because I don't. I don't think anybody here in America does, because I think what we're seeing on television is just a giant production that is so far removed from the reality of what's going on that I don't think we could even come close to guessing what the actual story is. However, these are the stories that piqued my interest. The assassination attempt. Did you hear about this? No, I did not. There was apparently... An operation by the Chechen Special Forces, they were sent on a mission to assassinate Ukraine President Zelensky, but they were eliminated, is how it was put. This according to Ukraine's National Security and Defense Council. They say Ukraine received intelligence of the assassination attempt from agents of the Federal Security Service of the Russian Federation. He said, I can say that we received information from representatives of the FSB who have no desire to take part in this bloody war. So an insider leaked this assassination attempt going against Putin, I guess, and they stopped it. And Zelensky, who does selfies out in the streets and is a global hero now, has been saved. I don't believe this story, not for one second. I don't know about you. If he if he assassinated, if Putin had Zelensky assassinated, what are the repercussions of that going to be? That is talk about shock. That that would rattle people who I mean, that would rattle me if he got assassinated because I'd be like, wow, yeah. this took another level up here. And I don't know if I can say that, like some somewhere inside, I feel like. That's what he you know, as my mother says, who put yourself out there? You know what I mean? If he wants to take the role of a lifetime and he wants to deceive the world into acting like he was this accidental president, let him take his lumps. You know, if he I mean, were to be assassinated, if they, really, if they really want to demonize Putin, then they would have him assassinated and they would blame oh, him on Putin. Perfect false flag. Absolutely. And and how many how many deaths is Zelensky responsible for? Already. I mean, I have some stats for you. Putting all those guns in civilians' arms and promoting using Molotov cocktails, I can imagine probably a lot. Well, I can tell you right now, yeah. there were 14,000 people killed in the Donbass over time, and he Jeez. picked up that baton. And already, 2,000 Ukrainian soldiers, at least I think they were soldiers, have died according to their own numbers, and 5,000 Russians have died. So Zelensky has blood on his hands. Yes, he does. Another story that grabbed my attention, African students fleeing Ukraine report being told no blacks on buses. African students and migrant workers, they've been sharing stories with reporters and on social media, alleging that Ukrainian authorities have not been allowing them to get on the buses to escape Ukraine. Maybe it's because they're all unvaccinated. 
That could be a possibility. <laughs> I mean, as well. I literally think that there's a highly racial element to vax apartheid. Yeah, they say that one of the one of the people said that some some people have gone to get on buses, but they're not allowing black people basically onto the buses. They're prioritizing Ukrainians. They say that's what they say. An African student told uh, Ukraine Business Insider, and they were denied entry to the bus and trains because of the color of their skin. And then another person told a newspaper that there was a black line and then there was a Ukrainians line and the people in the black line were not being allowed on the buses. They were being forced to stay there while the women and children were being allowed on the buses and able to evacuate. And apparently at the border, at the Polish border, there's also a no blacks policy. I don't know if this is true. I have no idea. This is this could this could be Russian propaganda trying to make Ukrainians look bad. I have no idea, but this is just a story that caught my attention and it would fit the narrative of the Nazis, of some Nazis being or neo Nazis being over there in Ukraine. All right. Another one. Russian E V chargers are hacked and on the screens of these these cars, because these cars all have electric these vehicles. Yeah, electric vehicles. They all have these little monitors, like little computer screens, so you can do whatever. Because you're not going to be driving anyway. They had "Glory to Ukraine" was hacked and put on the screens of all these Russian EV cars. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's there's a way to get your message through. But I think that is actually whether that's true or not. That's an illustration of the type of propaganda. Propaganda is all about the different channels of communication, and Absolutely. you want to reach people through all the different channels. And all these new types of channels are emerging, like an EV car and the screen on that car. That was actually one of the chapters in the 2017 Spars document: how to identify and infiltrate new emerging media. Very interesting. Yes. So I just wanted to say I've been actually in the same kind of struggle of trying to sort out. It's so loud and noisy coming out of every propaganda outlet here. And to the point where I am going to get a VPN, I have to just disconnect from the American um, Internet. But I do. I This is a time that my old sources, I used to spend a lot more time on foreign affairs, even though nobody cared about them at all. But somehow I always thought that it really informed what was going on for reals, even to the point where the dollar is the dog wagging the tail of the stock market and not the other way around. So like you can if you if you look at it from the global perspective, a lot of things become clear that aren't always clear here. So for me, I saw, I've been dig- digging into some old trusted sources or at least sources that are different so that you can get other facts and usually kind of hone in, maybe iterate into the truth. So TASS is a Russian state news agency. So that's helpful. Pravda, Russia Insider, RT, Russia Today, which has a live stream on YouTube, which is, oh my gosh, they were going through the atrocities in the Donbass today. Oh, my gosh. It was heartbreaking. I couldn't watch it anymore. Russia Today is still on YouTube? Yeah. Well, it was this morning. I was watching the live stream. It was really heartbreaking. But I remember it all because I used to follow it. VoltaireNet.org. I I don't always love it because it differs from my kind of framework that I think of things. But it's helpful because you can make your own decisions. VoltaireNet.org. Moon of Alabama. I really like Moon of Alabama. Again, I often disagree with it. But it gives you a lot of resources you're not otherwise going to get. Also, nomadiceveryman.blogspot.com. This is my old American Everyman. When we all got purged from WordPress, he was pretty devastated. But he's even got a good, not only his articles, but his little blog roll on the side. Those three sources. I'll just put that little tidbit in the show notes. Yeah, that's very helpful. 
Yes, it's, I, I think so too. And, um, and a couple of articles that I've read have talked about how there is no, um, that, that we act like there's this consensus in the world of everybody thinks that we're right and they're wrong. And that's actually, I've read many articles from many different outlets, including some of those outlets that absolutely argue with that, that say that outside the actual West, the NATO countries, and not even all the NATO countries, like even Turkey, is not in among this number. Everybody else understands exactly what Putin was doing and why. And this atrocity mongering isn't isn't really effective. However, I did notice, and there I'm sure there's a deeper explanation for this. There were two votes held in the UN yesterday, I guess. Um, I think, pretty sure that were of note in this realm. One was on sanctions against Russia, and China voted against that one. The other one was a resolution condemning the war, and and. Russia vetoed it, but they removed it to a special session, which hasn't been used in 40 years, and they passed it that way. Now, only five countries voted against that one. China abstained. It was, and this is interesting, Russia, Eritrea, Syria, North Korea, and Belarus. I mean, that's a very small number if the narrative you're hearing is that most people think Russia is right. So I I haven't been able to reconcile that. Now, um, I just as a few reasons why I it is clear to me that Russia is absolutely right. It was a couple of really interesting points. First of all, the Ukraine foreign minister has said that NATO membership was an absolute must for Ukraine. They were determined to become a part of NATO. Then separately, it was pointed out to me that Putin said we we for us, Crimea is Russia. We have absorbed Crimea. They voted for it. We have our ships there. It's always been a part of Russia. It's a part of Russia. Ukraine disagrees with that. If Ukraine connects with NATO, becomes a member of NATO, they will try to take Crimea back. That's the first thing they will do. And then you will have a world war because it will be 30 countries against Russia and whoever they can conjure up. So it's this, he has to do it before it's NATO. And I mean, that is the best reason I've heard so far, because he absolutely can't lose that Black Sea port. And there's a lot of propaganda coming out that people in Russia are not on his side. He's a megalomaniac, whatever. I could not disagree more. Like I have, I, the only suspicion I have is that I'm missing something because what it looks like to me is this is a guy who understands history, geopolitics, strategy, and he understands, as he explained, this is the last chance to take Ukraine back to either avoid a complete capitulation of Russia to a world order that they will absolutely suffer from or prevent World War III. Now, I also think that we intentionally provoked this because this is what we want, because the bipolar world is what we are actually after for a couple of reasons. I think that the leadership at the top has no alignment whatsoever with us as um, compatriots, and that they are all poised to benefit from a rising China. They don't care about us at all. And then what what will benefit from that is, and I think Ted Cruz said it best, he said today or yesterday, and I want I want to pause on that in just a second. He said, Americans are 
under greater risk in a bipolar world. Now, he was trying to say that as if that meant that Washington is against a bipolar world. But of course, Washington is practically owned, if not by big pharma, by big defense. Big defense needs a bipolar world. It must have a Cold War or a hot war. Cold War lasts longer. You can spend more on a Cold War. You're, you never have to lose a Cold War. So I feel like his words alone make it seem like this was the bipolar world they wanted. And he furthermore said there was noise in the Senate when they were talking about this. Why didn't Russia invade in 2017? And he's laughing. He's like, because Trump was there and he didn't want to piss off Trump because Trump is scary and Biden is weak. My answer is no way. We've been provoking him nonstop. We want we meaning our leadership and the NATO leadership, which is us, wanted this. And then finally, I will say that in the today's Wall Street Journal, Ip, Greg Ip, who I'm not a fan of, said the last paragraph of his article today was absolutely, I think, telling. He said, ultimately, uh, the global economy was subdividing into competing blocks before Russia invaded Ukraine. Sanctions are simply hastening the process. So even the sanctions are hastening this bipolar world that we have been setting up already. And the sanctions were unilateral sanctions that we employed that Lavrov, the foreign minister of Russia, said is absolutely never effective. And it's a cause for war. So that's that's what I got out of the news today. And I feel like it completely supports the idea that Russia basically had no choice, especially in the context of the provocations and that our leadership war is the health of the state, hot war, cold war. I think all the arrows point in the same direction. Yeah, there was another story about how Russians are emptying gas from their tanks on purpose because they're so demoralized and they don't want to fight. Yeah. So they're I just giving. That. I don't believe well, that at all. Don't want it's to just, fight. Where, where, where are they going to have to fight? Ukraine's going to invade Russia. Wh- where? How are they demoralized? It's just so they're trying to paint this image of. Yeah. Oh yes, I have them to being. Yeah. They're losing. Either they don't want to yeah. fight. They're being forced to, or they can't. They're being beat by the guerrilla warfare of the the Ukrainian people. And oh, you're saying the Russian soldiers in Ukraine? Yes. That's preposterous. I know. It, and it is preposterous. I feel like they're, they're conscripts, but they're absolutely not. There's only like in the tens of thousands. It's a big conventional army there. There I was mean, also in Russia. a story where they were showing images of the war. And they, this happens all the time in the news. But the images they had been showing of the war were from a video game. Which oh, this has happened before. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Hey, by the way, uh, that tweet, that was hilarious. I can't believe you got such uh, traction. Oh, yeah. I tweeted a couple, like three tweets during the thing last night, and I kept getting these notifications. I was like, what's going on? And apparently Ted Cruz retweeted, or he did, he retweeted my tweet about Ted Cruz because yeah. he looked very, very disinterested and like his mind was on something else during the speech. And I tweeted ted cruz wondering what the price of bitcoin is well because it made him look cool and he's a bitcoiner guy oh we he talked is. To, yeah we talked about that on the show a couple weeks ago but and how would that come to his attention we I probably mean, have you know he wasn't tweeting when he did not retweet that right because he I was, have no idea. you could watch him not retweeting your tweet well i think it happened after it was over Oh, okay i just i, I don't no think idea. he's ever touched his own twitter account but well, I mean, Ron Paul didn't. A lot of guys don't. So, go ahead. So, there's a lot of people that, that probably 
follow us that also follow him and we because they make recommendations stuff like that so there's probably some crossover there and uh, the hashtags if you can use the hashtags and you pair tweets yes, with an yes, image yes. that yes, increases yes. it the yeah, possibility hashtag, yeah, of being shown it. but it, it probably wasn't him you're probably right no well that definitely wasn't him but it was definitely his account yeah it definitely was is, his account yeah i mean that's cool yeah yeah it was cool it's funny all right so we have some more boycotts and it dawned on me what these boycotts are i don't know why i didn't really put this together a little bit sooner but here, here's how they report the boycotts today and then I'll, I'll tell you what my thoughts are on it the story here from cnn says that a growing list of energy companies including bp shell and now exxon Mobil, have announced they will leave russia over its invasion of ukraine unwinding their operations in the oil rich country will have financial repercussions for the companies but executives appear ready to accept the losses in order to stand in solidarity with the people of ukraine other companies including apple disney ford are also dialing back their operations now what does that remind you of the business leaders are ready to accept the losses and stand in solidarity they're ready to say screw the shareholders i'm with the stakeholders this is a grand <laughs> illustration yes. of the Great Reset's stakeholder oh capitalism. That's exactly what's going on. And these are the very companies, most of the companies that are leading the way here are one of the 50 companies that have agreed to adopt ESG standards put out by the World Economic Forum. They have a list on their website of the world companies, the, the global fascists who have agreed to do this already. And then there's another list of over 120 companies that help create these ESG standards that have not put their name on the 50 company list, but are making their, their standards in a little bit of a different way, but still modeled to the World Economic Forum's metrics, which they help create. All of the companies that are involved in this are on that list, are working with the World Economic Forum in doing this. This is a demonstration, a global demonstration of how a the Great Reset, of how a world run by ESG standards, social credit scores will operate. And it is that backdoor fascism where yep. they take the global corporations and the institute implement de facto law. Because if they do have a, mon a monopoly ultimately over each and every one of those industries, those sanctions are what Lavrov said, a causus belli. It is a cause for war. Ron Paul always said that. And oh my gosh, in that IP article today, I was just ugh, so aggravated. He writes, some scholars even think that Pearl Harbor was a response to oil sanctions on or an embargo of oil of Japan. I mean, that is definitely positively the cause of Pearl Harbor. It was a provocation. It was wanted. I mean, just to see this stuff in... In the Wall Street Journal, like this is a professional journalist is like, gee yeah. whiz. I mean, I guess maybe. Anyway, yeah. these kind of sanctions really are a cause for war. And it's a public-private partnership, which I know you hate, which is what that global fascism is with the Great Reset. You have the governments doing the sanctions, and then you have the companies pulling out of there and boycotting Russia, just trying to choke them off at every possible you know corner. I mean, we have... The sanctions going after Russian billionaires' yachts, they're, they're mega yachts. Can you imagine if Russia issued some sanctions where they're like, we're going to come over there and take Jeff Bezos' yacht because of what the United States government is doing? This is kind of crazy. Yeah, and it's it's the propaganda is really, really intense. It looks like, I mean, it seems to me the propaganda is the entire purpose of the war over here. 
Like, that's it. You know, it's kind of weird. I don't even know where it's going to go from here. And that's why I think it really is a cold war that they're ginning up from the sanctions to the financial stuff to um, freezing air planes and stuff. Like, I don't actually think they want this to expand into a bigger war. I think they want it to be. Um, I just think they want it to literally polarize the entire world. And, you know, I just... That I have more on that. I'll get to it in the XR. I have this about what about the China trade situation. Bi- Biden's doubling down on that too. And that feeds into this total b- befuddlement I have <laughs> as to what the what the game is here. But I'll give you my thoughts on that in the XR. Well, before we get to that deepest dive of the day, where we will get to the bottom of that State of the Union address, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the DMBXR, which is the human rights industry in action, and Twitter suspends a Senate candidate for defending women. But before we get to that, please consider supporting the show. It's a win-win for you and for us as well. We get the support we need to continue providing free DNBs to thousands of listeners daily, and you get tons of extra content, all commercial-free. And this week is your last chance to take advantage of our low introductory offer on Locals, $5 per month for all our premium commercial-free content. Go to propreport.locals.com and sign up for that by the end of this week. And there's a disappearing patron party this Friday. If you join Patreon, we will give you the first DPP free, even if you join at the basic truth sponge level. And those can get kind of wild sometimes as a reason that they disappear. And don't forget that you can support the show by supporting our sponsors. Check out the shop tab on the for a list of some recent sponsors and promo codes. And now on to our deepest dive of the day. The State of the Union address had the same response to it as you did, which was like, it's insanely boring. But I liked, I shouldn't say I enjoyed, but I found it fascinating when he came out of the gate talking about Ukraine. Now, remember, I just read it. I can't watch it. If I ever do watch it, it's on two times speed. So I don't know. I'm sure he was getting, I I think it even said in the transcript that he called for a standing ovation. If you stand, something like if you stand with the Ukraine people stand now or some bull crap like that. And uh, but it absolutely as I was reading it, it reminded me of an article I read in Moon of Alabama. As I was saying, I've been dipping into my old sources and it and that post, which I posted to locals, I flagged you on it because it was something that you would mentioned before falsehoods in wartime. And he was talking about that and he point he, in this Moon of Alabama article, he said that historian Anne Morelli summarized uh, Ponsonby's classic, Falsehood in Wartime, as follows. So I think it's like 10 points she put. And as as I was li- reading through Biden's speech, I realized that he he was hitting basically every one of these. And to the extent any ones that he missed, I mean, y- you and I could just rattle off an example instantaneously and but i did pull some examples of that so i have all the things that he wrote that was Anne morelli summarized you know that's and, actually a great book to bring up right now it's uh smart of him yeah. in that article because recalling what's in that book and thinking about the type of propaganda images and stories we're hearing right now it might as well be straight from that book but just modernized a little bit yeah and it was a service she did by summarizing it so easily you know for your fingertips 
And so the first one was, we don't want war. We don't want, we don't want war. So I'll, I just have one sense. I could, I could, I could definitely get 10 examples of every single one of these. Definitely. So oh you gosh. can respond. I'm going to tell you like the, Read the next one. And then I have an example of that one that you just said from the UN resolution today. All right. So I'm going to read her summary point and then I'm going to read a line I pulled from the State of the Union address, and then you can respond on okay. each point. That's how I'm going to do it. Okay. We don't want war. So let me be clear. Our forces are not engaged and will not engage in conflicts with Russian forces in Ukraine. Now, that's what he said, but think about how carefully worded that is. We will not engage in conflict with Russian forces in Ukraine. So Russian forces in Poland, Belarus, maybe. I don't know where he's headed. And besides, their their promises are lies anyway. And that okay, is very so specifically worded, too. You're right. Did you have something on that? Well, the, the next one. General Assembly, where they, they did that vote today, you mentioned it earlier. Linda Thomas of Greenfield, she said during her speech there, she said, now at more now at more than any other point in recent history the united nations is being challenged if the united states if the united nations has any purpose it's to prevent war it's to condemn war to stop war this is our job here today nice and then they went and asked for sanctions yeah <laughs> which is a cause spell all right the opposite party alone is guilty of war and then Biden said in the speech last night, Putin's latest attack on Ukraine was premeditated and totally unprovoked. <laughs> totally unprovoked. <laughs> totally unprovoked. The enemy, this is another thing from falsehoods in wartime. The enemy is in Now, when was that written? I in think the 50s? like 1920-something. Oh, it was no, between the it was two like, wars? Yeah, it was between Before the two Before World wars. War II. Okay, yeah. so that's how long-standing these falsehoods She's not responding to this. This is she. She's probably dead. Uh, okay, the enemy is inherently evil and resembles the devil. This one is great because it. Oh, they always do this. And Biden says six days ago, Russia's Vladimir Putin sought to shake the foundations of the free world, thinking he could make it bend to his menacing ways. <laughs> <laughs> But he badly miscalculated. That comes in later. Her next point is, we defend a noble cause, not our own interests. We will continue to aid the Ukrainian people as they defend their country and to help ease their suffering. The enemy commits atrocities on purpose. Our mishaps are involuntary. So... I didn't find in his speech that particular quote. I think some of the rest of them are from other places where I pulled it out. It says, Biden says, I, I, I've noticed this. Biden says it's clear Russia, this I pulled out of a headline from today. Biden says it's clear Russia is targeting civilians, targeting civilians. Okay. Um, the enemy uses forbidden weapons. I saw an article today. Ukraine accuses Russia of using vacuum bombs. And invisible drones, I think, was another one that I saw somewhere. Invisible drones. Nice. Okay. Uh, we suffer small, small losses. Those of the enemy has been, have been enormous. This is absolutely true. You, you can find a thousand examples of that just from today. But I think this one was from the, from the speech of Biden last night. We are inflicting pain on Russia and supporting the people of Ukraine. Putin is now isolated from the world more than he has ever been. 
Um, another one, this one I thought was hilarious. Uh, recognized artists and intellectuals back our cause. Okay, so we know that. There's tons and tons of that. But I wanted to just pull a specific example. The first freaking example that came up, I was flabbergasted. Ukrainian celebrities, including boxer Vladimir Klitschko, actress Olga Kurlenko, and Dancing with Stars professional Maxim Shmursvosky <laughs> have condemned the violence. What stands out to you about that little sentence? Dancing with the Stars? Ukrainian celebrities, including boxer Vladimir Klitschko. Oh, he was one of the politicians, wasn't he? His brother is the mayor of Kiev, who was handpicked by Victoria <laughs> Newland to control yeah. the population outside the capital. Yeah, from those clips that we played. That's right. Yeah. And then the next sentence in the same article was several Hollywood and Bollywood stars have also made public statements, including Hayden Panettiere. Panettiere? Is that how they pronounce her name? Hayden Panettiere? You've heard her name. You're asking before. me. Yeah. Who has a child with Klitschko, yada, yada, talking about the strength of the Ukrainian show. So... Klitschko and his baby mama are the are the celebrities they're yeah, highlighting. That just cracks me up. Although couple. there's jillions. Hmm? Power couple there. Yeah, I guess so. But then they go on to talk about Sean Penn. And I mean, when Sean Penn enters the scene, you know that. Yeah, he's making a documentary. Yeah, that's what it says. Then the last two are our cause is sacred. Then Biden said in the speech with an unwavering resolve that freedom will always triumph over tyranny. That's what we're doing there in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Knowing what actually happened there really makes my, ugh, it's just the propaganda is so outrageous. Anyway, the last one was all who doubt our propaganda are traitors. And then I saw an article today in the Washington Post. I mean, it, this stuff was just was falling out of the sky. Um, Washington Post said cancel culture against Russians is the new McCarthyism. But I actually think now there's a paywall there, so I couldn't pull that article up. Absolutely refuse to support them. It says, um, my guess is what they what they would say in that article, which I could not read, is that, hey, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't cancel Russians. Most Russians are on our side. Yeah. Right. Because because I was hearing that theme, like you said, and we talked about earlier in this show. Justin Trudeau, there's an article about him today. It wasn't Washington Post, but it was one of the major networks. Can't remember what it was, but it was something like opinion with Justin Trudeau. It's it's either you're with us or you're a Nazi. <laughs> yes, that's how it is with everybody nowadays. Yeah. Except for that, the Ukrainians are the people who were doing a lot of that killing in Donbass were Nazis. There are pictures with some of these people in front of Nazi flags. And I'm not talking about Canadian truckers. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Where they throw yeah. a swastika up behind these guys are like, what What are you doing with the swastika? These yeah. people have like the, they, they have the, they have like all their flags. They have the Ukraine flag. They have the swastika flag. They have their own like lightning bolts flag and the UN flag. It's crazy. Some of the pictures you see because they are actual effing Nazis. Yeah, that seems to be something that's overlooked Jeez. a bit here by the ah, mainstream media. At I mean, that, at at the speech last night, it was like watching a soccer game with all the flags draped over everybody. And well, let's talk more about that in the XR. If you if you had any observations on the State of the Union address, I do. I, I would I like to a, get to that. I do have a, some observations on it. So yeah, we'll get to that in the XR. Do we have and any shoutouts? A little bit. It's Murray Rothbard's birthday. Happy Murray birthday. Murray Rothbard, who I love, although 
I'm beginning to just lose faith in the whole, I mean, anarcho-capitalism, I can't even, they've just so bastardized capital. I can't even, I can't even stand behind it anymore. I love the theory, but uh, I don't know. We need a new, I need a new ideology. Like Huey Lewis <laughs> needs a new drug. And there's a few live events tonight. I'm all geared up. I'm kind of happy because my hair looks okay. That we're going to do a Rockvin deep dive live at five tonight, five o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock Eastern on Rockvin. I'm, are you ready, Binkley? I will be when the time comes. <laughs> okay. Are you are you geared up? Are you getting yeah, I'm, psyched? Yeah, I'm geared up. I'm ready to go. Okay. All right. And as always, our DNBXR is live on video on Rockfin on Thursdays. And we do the free 30 video on Rumble on Thursdays. One o'clock Pacific time is when that starts. Four o'clock Eastern. And just a few things for next week. I'm going to be filling in for the Mad Ones on March 9th for Jessica. So it'll be Cam and me the evening of March 9th, and plucked straight from the Zoom party, Sarah, our patron from Ireland, it came out that she is a dirt scientist. So she is all about freaking dirt. And it is cool, cool, cool. And she is going to be Cam's special guest on St. Patrick's Day. So I'm super excited to see that. I'm excited. Is that a geologist? No, she's just like dirt, like the biology, the the makeup of dirt, anything you, about dirt. A geologist is rock, is earth, is the whole okay. shebang. But she can tell you what's in dirt and why it matters. Yeah, that's very and she's interesting. Irish, There's so. probably a lot of good stuff in dirt. Oh, yeah. No, it's cool. I'm super excited. And I mean... If I were smart enough, I would have figured it out myself. But Cam <laughs> scooped right out, scooped that dirt right out from under us on St. Patrick's Day. But good for him because I will be tuning in for sure. All right. Well, you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform of the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that Monica was telling you about, go to propreport.locals.com, patreon.com slash propaganda report, rockfin.com slash propaganda report, and check out our various offerings on each platform. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the DMB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.